Oh, oh wow. And how did that go from a, you know, a product idea to development to Shark Tank? So I had the idea and I fell in love with it, you know, on the spot. Uh, so much so that that night I went back and I wrote the book. Uh, before I had even a vision of what the character would look like, I wrote the book of the match and every night of Hanukkah, he's watching over the oil for the Maccabees. Uh, and they go to sleep and he can't believe that the oil's still lit. And then they wake up the next day and he teaches them something each day. So each of the eight days he teaches about dreidels or latkes or prayers. Um, and I thought that was such a cool idea. So I was going to make one just for my son. And as I started thinking about more, I was like, maybe there's something here. Let's take it to Kickstarter. And this will be a little passion project for me. And we'll try and raise enough money to make the first batch. Um, and we did. We raised $18,000. Uh, we sold about 300 dolls online. So I put up some of my own money as well. And we bought 1000 so I had 700 extra matches sitting in the basement. Um, that Hanukkah came and we kind of made a public and they sold in 10 days. I mean, they just flew out. There was a clamor for matches. Uh, and I got calls from some of the big stores and Bed Bath Beyond wanted it for the following year and Target and Michaels. Uh, so I applied to Shark Tank and by the time I went on, uh, I had $750,000 in purchase orders in hand uh, that I was in the process of filling. So uh, that was kind of the origin of get kind of before I walked down into Shark Tank. And that's a really good segue um, to one of the questions that I had. So you were successful in Shark Tank. Uh, I think Kevin O'Leary on his YouTube channel has like interviewed the person who screens everyone. And it's some crazy thing, like it's one in a thousand people even get on the show. So, I mean, to get on the show and then to get the deal is an incredible accomplishment. And I saw he writes that there's three things that everyone who gets a deal has. They, they have like a very quick elevator pitch, exactly what they do. Um, they can sell themselves and they know their numbers. Um, so it sounds like you had all those, of course. Um, but maybe you could just speak to that and, and talk about the whole Shark Tank experience. Yeah, so first of all, my thinking going into Shark Tank was I wanted a deal. Um, I wanted some power behind me as I went out there. I wanted some help with the PR. And I knew that the way they edit it, because it is entertainment, if you get a deal, you have a happy end to your story. And that means, you know, you're kind of going to crescendo. If you don't get a deal... You know, they can have you be the noble entrepreneur who walks away, or it could be a round and you crash and burn. And that sticks with you the rest of your career. So going in, I was like, I want a deal. I want to be fair. Um, so I prepped. I mean, I watched every episode. I read all of their books. When I gave them their menches and their mench books, they were personally inscribed with some personal story of how they had impacted me in some way or tidbit about how I'd interacted with them in the past and they, they didn't know it. You know, I talked about Mark Cuban and what, what he had done that I found really inspirational, for example, or I talked to Barbara's family and how this was family oriented. Um, and I also knew I was going to go on and guarantee my deal and put my house up and say, look, I will guarantee you'll get your money back 
within three years. And I felt pretty confident about that, knowing I didn't really need their money. Uh, I, I could take out loans if I needed to. So that was kind of my thought process going in. Kevin O'Leary was actually the nicest person to me uh, and had very interesting advice and said, look, I really respect what you've done. You've gotten this from the ground into some of the biggest stores. You've hit this niche. He was like, look, man, I don't see your vision for this to be a huge company. You should just keep doing what you're doing. You're going to pull a million dollars out of this in the next few years. Enjoy that. Keep your day job, pull a million dollars out, and keep going, you know? Uh, and that wasn't bad advice. You know, he was right to some degree. We haven't spun off and become a huge conglomerate of a company. Um, I think we've lasted a lot longer than he thought, but he was very uh, generous and very kind uh, and respectful versus some of the uh, companies I've seen go in there. Uh, and then to your point, you know, I can sell the company in a couple sentences, you know, the Jewish alternative to the elf on the shelf. Um, I do know my numbers. And I think the whole conversation changed when I said I'd been at Hasbro Toys for six years, because I went from a crazy guy in a niche, funny business, right? And my product looks funny. I look funny, you know, I'm like the short, chubby Jewish guy coming in all happy. <laughs> So I think once they realized there was some substance there as well, um, it changed the conversation. Now you mentioned something interesting. You said that Kevin's actually the really nice guy. So how much of the uh, of what you see on TV is like you know is the magic of TV, and how much is it like actually what happened? So I mean, I guess first of all, a hundred percent of what happens um, is real, right? They had never seen my product before. I was in there reacting to them for the first time. I was sweating. Um, I was in there for an hour, so there's obviously some editing going on between that hour. Um, and, you know, I, I was nervous. I would say my first half hour went pretty terribly. Uh, I was sweating a ton. They were po poking holes in my business plan. And I think that's what they do. They want to see if you crumble or if you're going to be able to stand up and defend your business and when they're not there. Uh, so for me, it was all legitimate. Uh, Mark was tough on me. He didn't really love the idea for the first half. He came around in the second half. Um, and Robert and Laurie saw something there. They made an offer. Um, I didn't think it was a good offer. You know, they 30%. Um, so I guaranteed uh, the payback and kind of compromise from to 15%. And Barbara jumped in ready to make an offer. And I, you know, I like Robert Laurie a lot. I, I think Laurie's product background is just stellar. So I just turned to them and said, Hey, respectfully, Barbara, I made them a counter offer. I want to hear what they say. Uh, probably the wrong negotiating tactic, right? Because if I had more offers, I could pit them against each other. But I was hoping that that was going to pressure them to take the offer, and it did. Um, and we're still together. You know, it's been five years, and uh, I'm still with Robert and Laurie. I still love Robert and Laurie. Um, we have a really good relationship that I'm one of their smaller businesses in the portfolio, and I'm pretty autonomous. Uh, I don't need the help, um, so I don't ask for it, and they don't 
put their nose in my day-to-day business. They have a million other things going on that they don't want to run a Jewish toy business. So, you know, we talk, you know, quarterly and I'll say, hey, here's what's going on. When I have problems, uh, I call them and say, hey, I might need some help on this. Uh, and that's what I try and do. I try and call in, you know, one favor per year. 